Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The words of the prophet Joel in the mouth of St. Peter the Apostle describing the impact of the Spirit blowing through the souls of the people gathered at the Pentecost. 2,000 years ago, the followers of Jesus the Christ had the vision that the world could know and feel God through their stories. And they lived that vision into a massive movement we call the church. It was really all about telling the story of how knowing Jesus had changed the way that they lived their lives. My grandfather, the Irish one, Tommy Kelleher, from County Cork, fought in Alsace-Lorraine in the First World War. And when he came home, he brought that invisible killer from France, tuberculosis. He gave it to my mother and to my aunt, to his never-ending chagrin. My mother's TB lived in her spine and wreaked havoc in her life forever. So you can imagine what she thought about war. Which is why, when my father was called into active service as a surgeon on a destroyer escort in 1950, my mother decided to marry him immediately and conceive a child, me. She wasn't going to be cheated by another war. My father survived the Korean War, and my parents had seven living children. But my mother, despite her sturdy Catholicism, told me that she wanted to take my brothers to Canada when the United States went into Vietnam. My father, who continued to work on battered people all his life, wept when he thought of those poor broken sailors he had put back together to send back into war. And those two things, my mother's horror about war and my father's need to save people hurt in all kinds of battle, pervaded the spirit of my family. And in that spirit, all my brothers and sisters have become healers of one kind or another. Our children, my parents' grandchildren, have not known sailors or soldiers or pilots in their family, but they know about their grandfather and their father and they are proud. Tomorrow we will celebrate Memorial Day, the day of sacred remembrance to Americans. We will decorate graves. We will look at pictures. We will have picnics. And we will listen to national music. Our history, our story, at least our history as it is marked by our wars and the activities of our armed service people, will come to the front of our consciousness. Because no matter what we believe about war, about military intervention, about military peacekeeping, we also believe that our troops deserve our deepest respect. No matter how desperately we agree or disagree with the politics of whoever the commander-in-chief is at the moment, we all look at our veterans with gratitude and awe because their story and our story are inextricably linked. History breathes through us on these American holy days. We remember together, remembering, listening to the stories of veterans, hearing their voices ring with emotion, seeing how their lives have been so totally shaped by their experiences as soldiers or sailors or pilots. These things touch us. These things move us deep down in our hearts 
where they stay with us and help us know what to do next. Help us know how to think about what to do about war, what to do about peace, and what to do about veterans. Help us to know what we feel, what we think and feel about what we should do as a nation. And without that kind of remembering, without those stories, we don't know. Could the people who gave birth to this nation have foreseen anything like what has happened in the last hundred years? Would they recognize us as their standard bearers? Would they see in us the spirit that drove them to lay down their lives for independence and democracy? I have no idea. But I do know that at all our national events, all our national holy days, all our national crises, we are still quoting our forefathers and mothers. We're still invoking their spirits and we still put their pictures on the money. And if you ask anyone what keeps all that going, what drives us together as one nation with so many voices as we heard, I think you might hear something about the American spirit. Trampled as it may be these days, battered and bloodstained, the American spirit is still blowing through us. Embattled with each other though we may get, about what that means, we still stand up together when the national anthem plays. We still go to parades on the July 4th day. We still celebrate all of the other national holidays. There is an American spirit which lives inside ourselves and shapes the way we live in the world. But the spirit of God lives in us as well. We recognize it as the Spirit of God because of what happened at Pentecost. The Spirit of the living God transformed a few people who had been the cult of Jesus and made it the face of God in the world. The miraculous thing about Pentecost is, I think, not that these people suddenly started speaking in tongues, because that was pretty awesome, as you heard, but that they didn't even realize what they were doing. They were indeed inspired, inhabited by the Spirit. Did they set out to do that? Were they thinking about how to spread the world, the news of Jesus? I don't think so. It seems to me that John's Gospel in the last several Sundays has been all about Jesus saying, I'm leaving you. You need to get ready for my leaving. You need to figure out how to live without me. I don't think they knew what they were up to. The Spirit came to them nevertheless and inspired them and gave them courage because that's what happens when someone beloved leaves us, is it not? We do carry on. And after a while, the spirit of that beloved person becomes mingled with our spirit. We live with a spirit inside us that becomes our spirit as well. My grandfather's and my father's story live inside me as surely as those men walked on earth. But now they are part of my own thinking, my own way of seeing the world, my own story. Jesus said to his disciples that they couldn't stay dependent on him forever. They had to grow up and become representatives of God in the world. It was their show now. When the Spirit arrives, the Gospel says, she will prove the world wrong. I love that sentence because it seems so straightforward, but it really is very 
complex and so conditional. Because proving the world wrong means that people following Jesus will, through the, the process of spiritual maturation or inspiration, band together as one body, as the face of God. But banding together as God's representative would necessitate major changes in the world, would it not? Like the end of social injustice and war. Well, we haven't got around to that part yet. But we have done some great things together. Just the other day, a member of this church told me that the reason she could recover from the hard places in her life was this congregation. And when she said that, she swirled her hand around. She said, this congregation, just like those streamers swirled around when the procession came in, it was awesome. When, the, when she dreams, she is dreaming the dream of love that moves through this church and out into the world, bringing life once again to those dry bones we heard Mark read about. May it always be so that the world knows that God loves it when it meets this congregation. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.